Welcome to What the Hell. Uh, today we're going to go over the trailers that's coming out, and since we can actually go to the theater again... Oh boy. Uh, we're going to review uh, Wrath of Man, which, in my opinion, through that whole thing, I think it was more of a Shakespearean opera type deal, but with a lot of violence. I'm talking a lot of violence, but it was a very, very good movie. Yeah, uh, what I took from it was, uh, you know, it's your very stereotypical Guy Ritchie film. I had made the joke. We were sitting in the theater, and I had made the joke that if somebody doesn't die within the first three minutes, I'm getting up and walking out. And they got it in just under the wire. I like, know, I'm sitting right? here thinking, I'm about to hit the button and put my seat in the upright position and get up and walk out, right? And that guard catches a couple of rounds to the face, and I'm like, God damn it. Okay, fine. I'll stay. <laughs> well you didn't waste your money it would have been wasting my money so oh well yeah that's true you did buy the ticket so yeah, yeah. but uh well, i always do that when a when first time when we actually could go to the theater and everything like that if we actually went to the theater uh i if it was a first time for uh me and you to go to the theater and everything i would buy the tickets right yeah it's it's just one of those things because i like going to i honestly like going to theater even though there's a lot of political nowadays going to theaters and oh you gotta do this like we had made those comments right there there's always political bullshit with anything it's like you can't tiptoe through the fucking roses anymore because someone's gonna say something so bad and comment to the point to where everybody has to know your business nowadays. Yeah, you know. Um, and that's the only thing we need to go on. I'll let you uh, speak your piece on this and we'll do the review. Well, okay, so what I was going to say was, you know, we saw those advertisements for the, you know, they were they kept throwing Black Widow up on the screen, you know, which is cool. You know, I'm looking forward to a new Marvel movie. That's awesome. But... <laughs> You know, they're like, they show, they show that if you're looking at it from a screen this big, you know, yeah. and, and, but it deserves to be oh, seen yeah, on a screen yeah, yeah. this big, you know, and they were like, man, you know, Basically, you, you, I, I, you were I like, get your it. ass back to the theaters, right? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, we're sorry that we fucked little kids, but we really need you to come back to the movie theater so we can make a paycheck. You know, it's like, come on, man. I mean, can we, I mean, it, I'm not saying that they all went full Kevin Spacey. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, but I, you gotta you gotta also remember. Oh fuck! What the hell is his name? Uh, Winehouse. Oh what? Uh, was it Winehouse? Weinstein. No. Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. Go full Weinstein and have the uh, uh, casting couch, which they have had for like since the movie started actually going on. They've had a casting couch, and it's not just for women. There's some guys that actually gotten casting couched. Not naming names. But his initials are? Uh, they're twins. The Sprouses? Yeah, I went ahead and I said their last initial, the Sprouses. Are you kidding me? Wow, really? No, that, no, no, no. Wow. No, it's not, it's not them. It's not the Sprouses? <gasps> H. The H. H? They're YouTube famous. Yeah, considering the oh, fact... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So, okay. Here, here's the thing. All right, yes, I know that we're on YouTube. I get it. We have a channel. You'd think that we'd spend some time on YouTube. Not so much. I do. I, 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 I don't. Time. I, I, I haven't... I, I, well, I have it set up for Red, so I don't watch commercials anymore. 
Okay. I so, don't. I hate commercials. Commercials are the devil. When I go to the theater, I was so pissed off when they started doing more. Because you can do it right now. We could actually admit we could have probably been there about five oh five, and we'd still be good at the theaters. Yeah. That that that's my thing. I really don't like commercials. You know, but we were talking about movie trailers and. I'm sorry. I know that we're going to catch hell for it, especially from the Paul Walker crowd. I'm like, oh my God, he was such an American icon. Shut up. He was James Dean, and he forgot to put on his fucking seatbelt. Anyways. That is true. <sighs> but. Fast and the Furious 9. And I'm like sitting there going, okay. At some point, they're going to have to hijack a truckload of Geritol and Viagra to make this this franchise viable again. Or stand up. You know, or stand, yeah. You know, but here's the thing. You know how they brought The Rock in there, and The Rock is almost always, at least until he opened his mouth during the elections, was a surefire way to breathe new life into your franchise, right? He actually did do that, and they had he, a spin off. And they did a spin off, right. But then, oh, COVID happened. I'm so tired of hearing that. But then COVID happened. Anyway, um, they got John Cena in there now. And apparently. Swap one WW, uh, I'll, I'll say it, WWF uh, wrestler for another oh, WWF. God, Panda crowd's going to come after us now. I know, right? But, yeah. So, I'm like sitting here going, okay, what are they going to do with John Cena here? He's like, hello, brother. I'm like. Oh, my God. Really? Come on. And then he made this line, right? You know, the, the line where he says, I've spent my entire life living in your shadow, and now you're going to spend the rest of yours living in mine. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay. Vin Diesel's character is hiding off in the fucking country somewhere, pimping cars out, stuff, you know, I mean, you know, playing with oh, science. The last and, but, but, but John Cena is loaded to the, to the point where he's got... Uh, you know, an army? No, it's it's uh, Celeste Theron's army. Okay. Her character's army. Whatever. But he can afford to pay for an army. An army of mercenaries. And he's got... It's that whole thing. It's he's, like, got, he's got the badass little tailored suit. You know, he's had the money to go through all that training. He, uh, you know, apparently has enough time on his hands to where he's as big as he is. I, I, I know, real life versus, you know, movies. But the character he's playing is big, also, obviously. I mean, they can't go all Chris Evans a la, you know, pre-Super Soldier Serum, you know, CGI effect for the entire movie. That would just be expensive. But, because, you know, they blew their big budget on all the car chases. Well, even even Vin Diesel said it for that whole uh, movie franchise. The actual stars of the movies are the cars. And... Honestly, if you look at the actual writing and everything like that, oh, which please, I've had, please don't come it, at me with the whole. Oh, these movies are actually written really well. I don't. Want no, to hear they're that. not. Okay, thank they you, are God. That is a redeeming written. value. Thank you. You have earned. They are really horribly written. It's like they went in and had a audition for three year olds to write a script, and that's what they came up with. And the they just wrote down. It's like. Hey, little boy, what would you like to see? A car with a rocket on top? We'll put that motherfucker. I remember the first movie coming out, right? You know, and then, like, cops were just having a 
freaking nightmare of a time that opening weekend because every jackass with a spoiler on his car thought, oh, my God, I can live my life one quarter mile at a time. Are you know, you serious? You know what's funny now? In Japan, you know what they're doing now in Japan? They're pipping, like, work trucks. I've actually seen them. They're actually really cool looking. Look them up. Yeah, I've seen though. I've seen that. You know, but it, 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 and the cops are doing it too. The cops are they're 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 souping their cars up, right? Yeah. Because I think the rule actually used to be that if a co- if you can outrun the cops, they don't even try. You know, and I guess maybe it goes back to the whole honor code thing. You know, like living the life through the you know the means of bushido, whatever. I don't care. But cops are, you know, the, the police there now are souping their cars up. I mean, they're throwing turbochargers on there. They're throwing nitrous on there. And I'm like, they're teaching their cops how to drift. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, all right, cool. So note, note, note of uh, personal point here. When I ever do get to go visit Japan, don't speed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. So. Well, actually, actually I kind of just want to see the cop cars. You know, do their thing. But, you know, they have, like, expeditions for that and everything like that. So you don't have to go out and commit a crime to actually see the the stuff they do. I mean, you could probably YouTube it and everything like that. Oh, I'm sure. But, but you know, we've got these other movies like, okay, so they got they made another Conjuring movie. Can we just throw the doll in the trash? Maybe throw it in a fire? Maybe an incinerator? I don't know. I've never watched The whole Annabelle thing? I don't watch horror anymore. You know, the horror movies have never really been my thing. You know, and and it's just, and it's not because I'm like, oh, I can't handle it. It's just, I find them boring. Well, okay, what got me. It's almost like the, it's on, and I'm not not interrupting you, I'm sorry. I am interrupting you, but it's almost like the zombie genre. It's like so repetitive and overdone. Yeah, it's it's saturated. It is. I'm just like no, it, it uh, bores me to tears. What happened with me? I mean, I love the uh, old '80s horror movies. If you give me a good B-rated horror movie, yeah, I'll watch it. Like uh, I would consider this <laughs> like the ones you see on Cinemax later no, no, no. on a Friday. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get some A-list actors. Fuck up, drug addicted kid who is a C lister at best, trying to do their best attempt at breaking into the industry. And here they are; they made a direct to Cinemax on a Friday night type movie. And uh, I, I didn't grab the other laptop, but uh, you'll notice that that was the caramel vanilla black rifle energy drink, and not the rich mocha that fell over. Because this is for basic bitches. Anyways, <laughs> I love that because you're the one that drinks it. <laughs> are, you, are you seriously going with that? You, you really want to go with that? Yeah. Like you said that last time, it goes on the internet. Yeah, okay. And uh, What? We'll come back to that. Nobody said that you were drinking it. <laughs> You're the one that outed yourself. You were the one that went there and go, oh, really? You gave me that look of like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I have to turn yours down. Oh, am I just that loud? No, it's because I'm projecting. No, you were actually going into the mic on that one. So Going into the bike. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to turn mine off a little bit. So there we, okay, there we go. I'm yeah, see, I can talking. hear you now. Yeah. Uh, yeah so no. that way we don't get those constant reminders that David, David, 
David, you needed to speak into the microphone, David. I know. I, I, I've been playing around <laughs> with this thing forever. And, uh, so yeah. by all means, anybody and anybody who has access to or has the means to, I don't know, maybe sponsor and or donate upgraded microphones to the show, please reach out to us on our page at angrymeatproduction.com or reach out to us on our Facebook page by the same name, Angry Meat Production. And one of us will get back to you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> moving off on that. No, uh, another another thing that's coming out that... God, asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. Made my Not whole really. freaking mind just flutter all the knowledge that I have in my head. Uh, no, it was the I'll other other trailers here coming out. And we'll, we'll get back to Wrath of Man. We totally went off talking. We were supposed to talk about Wrath of Man. We just we totally... did. The person sitting there going, I want to hear about Wrath, Wrath of, of Man. Man. We'll get it afterwards so everybody <laughs> doesn't hear all the spoilers of that movie just came out. <laughs> just be like the judge from Caddyshack. You'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, another uh, Sang-Chi. Yes, the new Marvel movie coming out later. What is it, next year? Or is it this year? No, it's this it's year. It's supposed to be. The, they're already made and already done. Yeah, they're in the can, done. yeah. Uh, no, that was, and I hate to say it, that was more or less a, because no one's heard of that character except for like people that are actually in the comics. And the, it's a very, very good comic uh, Right, but to premise. be fair, to be fair, Iron Man was also, is also considered, well, was considered a B- a B-lister yeah. in the Marvel Universe. So thanks to the MCU, we now consider him to be the godfather of the Avengers. I just, I just, I hate to say it, but everybody's going to be thinking it. Oh, it's just a movie made for China. Because you got to think about it. I mean, they're doing the Ten Rings where the Ten Rings were actually for Iron Man. And they did a little bit on it, but they didn't do the Mandarin. And another, another, yeah, they tried to do the Mandarin, and they did a really bad job of it. I'm sorry, I, I, I have to put that out there. Iron Man three, while it was good, it really just kind of it did a 21st Century Fox bots job on the storyline. You know what comic uh, comic book that was really good for the Mandarin? It was uh, the Mandarin versus uh, uh, Doctor Doom. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, that was actually really good. Now, uh, going in on the next thing was uh, the redoing G.I. Joe with the origins of Snake Eyes, which once he started talking, I was kind of off put on it. I love these scam calls. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're going to do it on air. We're going to do it on air. Okay, we're going to do it on air. Hello? Hello. Oh, they didn't want to play. You know what? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. But the Snake Eyes. We would have had to have sent them a, yeah. a, a, a media release anyway, right? I yeah. mean, especially if they would have like, oh, hi, my name is, my name is Peggy. Um, <laughs> I actually told somebody that, uh, what I do with the spam calls and everything. It's like, why haven't I done that? Like, well, you've seen me answer some of my, you know, some of those, right? I'm like, thank God it's you. Hurry up and get over here because there's blood everywhere. Bring bleach and hydrogen peroxide. I know, right? And click. Um, but yeah, so okay, so with the whole origins, I'm sorry, I got, I, I'm still a little bitter. Okay, I'm a lot bitter 
about what 21st Century Fox did with the whole Origins moniker when they completely butchered not only Wolverine's origin, but the the hack job that they did on the initial iteration of Deadpool on on, on Wade Wilson. Oh like, yeah, I'm like, oh. it was good at first, and then they just went to a crap show. It did. Like you know, I'm sitting there going, thank God, thank God, Ryan Reynolds. And if you ever watch this or anything like that, well, if they're watching this and they haven't seen either of the Deadpool movies, then you need to stop, unsubscribe, unfollow, correct yourself, and then come back and reset your own timeline. And when they watch Deadpool 2, they will understand the significance of resetting their timeline. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take the hit on some followers as long as they go back and they educate themselves before they come back into the fold. We will accept you home and throw a big party for you as if you were the prodigal son. You're welcome. That, that was amazing. I mean, I got a little woody. Mahogany, even. But anyways. Uh, Don't talk to me until it's teak. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, fine. I'm going to talk to you until it's teak. That was another movie that was a B-rated movie that was really good. No, uh, oh, I blanked out. Uh, Wonderland, that uh, Nicolas Cage movie. That, I, I, technically, I, that's a B-rated movie, and I that did. was actually really good. I, I bought that on Vudu when it came out, the weekend that it came out. It was, uh, what is it? Uh, crap, it's, um, hold on, wait, wait one. I've got the Vudu app on my iPad. Let me look it up in here. Do, 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 do. Of course, you're going to sit there. I don't want to say Wally's Wonderland. It's like, uh, um, I think it was Wally's Wonderland. No, it was Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland, yeah. And it was a very, you know, it had that whole Five Nights at Freddy's thing going on, which is the only reason why I wanted to see it. Yeah. But the fact that Nicolas Cage did not speak a single line of dialogue in that entire movie. Yeah, I know. He, and it was just him acting, he, he, using his body language and everything like that. You know, and that movie for him had to be fun. I mean, yeah. you, you knew he was like, this isn't going to do shit for my career, but this is going to be fun. You know, and the fact that he didn't have to memorize No, he was lines, basically just saying paycheck. Yeah, he was just like, Ugh. I mean, that was like the biggest, that was his line. Ugh. You know, but then, you know, he went all predator on that ostrich when he pulled out its but, you know, the spinal column, I was like, yeah, you know, my boys were watching it together. <laughs> and we were just like, that is awesome. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so we have gone widely, wildly off into the weeds here. So getting back to the Wrath of Man. No, we've got one more review. Oh, we do have one more review. The Eternals. Okay. The Eternals, that, yeah, you know what, okay, so this is going to be Angelina Jolie's introduction to the MCU, and what would probably boil down is to one last vain attempt to legitimize her career. I don't think she has to legitimize her career. Oh, I, mean, I think we, she has to legitimize her career. No, 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 because she's went to directing, she's really good at it. I'm talking about the acting career. Because let's face it, after... Her little stint as Laura Croft, which, to be completely and perfectly honest with you, was nothing more than a 1990s cash grab at the fact that she had, or at least used Why to. Was it, the 90s? I thought it was just it was 2000s. Like, 
Late nineties, early two thousands. Not it might have been two thousands. I guess you know what? You're right. It was two thousands. So anyway, so the very early two thousands attempt to cash in on what was left of her amazing body. Yeah, two thousand one, two thousand three. You know, uh her English accent is deplorable. I can say that because Well the whole reason why she got that job in the first place was because, because the, of her body. And that was it. Well, that pure plain and simple. It was. It was actually the designers designed it for her. That yeah. first design and everything was designed. Uh, Laura Cloth was designed off of uh, Angelo Jolie. Are you talking about for the original game? Yeah. No, 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 no. They they went on freaking uh, interview with it. Yeah. Okay. That was that was the whole thing about uh, the reason why she got the part. Oh, we were talking about B movies. Okay, we'll finish this. We'll do that after the Eternals. But, you know, okay, so they're going to use the Eternals as kind of like, I don't know, I kind of got the whole, they were like, maybe like an earthbound overseers kind of a thing going on. Well, that's what they are in the comics. Because the Celestials created uh, the uh, Eternals, the Deviants, and Humanity. Now, if they do not address the passing of Stan Lee in the Eternals, I think that that's going to be a huge missed opportunity because the th- fan theory was that all of Stan, Stan Lee's cameos throughout the MCU up to the point of his of his passing, he was an Eternal. He was an Overwatcher. He was an Overseer. Yeah. And because if you remember at the end of, uh, what was it? Um, Infinity War, I think it was. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no, not Infinity War. It was the one just before that. Captain Marvel? Yeah, I think it was Captain Marvel. Anyway, so he's sitting out there. No. No, it was during Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It was when... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were when... uh, when, uh, He was talking to the the uh, Rocket and them, they they were making all those jumps. He was... And they were like, where are they going in such a hurry? You know, and it's like he's sitting there talking to them and he's making jokes about making that FedEx delivery package. uh, You know, FedEx package delivery. And... Yeah, because because uh, he's talking I, to the I, Watchers, right? And I think that that was a direct shout out and acknowledgement of the fan theory that was out there, which I thought was really well done. Well, it's James Gunn; he looks at everything. Yeah, I mean James Gunn. Let's face it; I mean he is kind of a tool, but he he's an amazing director, and he he knows how to write a movie, how to write a script. Yeah. But oh yeah, that was the other thing, Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad. Yeah, the new Suicide Squad, James Gunn. I, I you know. That's another cash grab, and I, I, I'd still want to watch it. Yeah, I do. I, like I do want to watch it. The 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 only thing really DC had going for it was the Snyder cut for the Justice League, right? Yeah. Now, the fact that there's now obviously going to be huge continuity errors. Because you've got the same person. Which it doesn't surprise me, Right, honestly. but you've got the same actress playing Harley Quinn through not only now, but one, not two, but now three movies. Four. Because she was in the first Suicide Squad. First Suicide Squad. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. New Suicide Squad. New Suicide Squad. And didn't she do some kind of cameo? I don't believe so. I think that was just her third, her third revisit.
but I don't, you know, yeah, I'm gonna watch it just because it's, you know, it's 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 James Gunn. Okay, James Gunn. He's a comic book fan. Whereas you're gonna have people like Josh Whedon, who obviously loves the MCU, loves Marvel, and then you're gonna have Zack Snyder, who obviously loves DC. So they're gonna, whenever they brought Josh Whedon in to replace Zack Snyder in the original cut of the of the Justice League. I mean, to be completely honest, I, I think that was Josh Whedon's attempt to railroad the DCU. Good Lord. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay, let me see. Ladies and gentlemen, David Dickerman is looking at porn during the filming of this episode. Well, technically. Did it show you screenshots from the Wolf of Wall Street scene? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're right. There's only three, but good See? lord, no, Johnny good, fucking knows things. Good lord, how much stuff they're actually gonna put out? Because uh, after that, uh, after the new Suicide Squad movie, oh wow, I didn't, I didn't look. I had to go farther down. It's just how much I have to go far down into this in this rabbit hole. Uh. Yeah, it was three, but they have, uh, she has like two more movies coming out that are going to be Harley Quinn, Untitled Joker, Joker slash Harley Quinn Project, uh, Gotham City Sirens, uh, she's, so she's got two other ones, uh, a Barbie movie, <laughs> I that got me too. Bar- Honestly, her best work was <laughs> from I to- uh, Tanya. <laughs> Bar- a Barbie, a live action Barbie movie, right? Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I actually, uh, Jesus, her best work, honestly, it, it's a cross between uh, I Tanya and this uh, Terminal, which she actually directed. Right. But, but anyways, uh, yeah. I digress. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, I, I think that. I mean, it'll be fun to watch, just for, if anything else, the special effects and the CGI. Just to see what they do with it. Because, I mean, you know... I respect John Cena. I do, because he does a lot for kids. I don't care so much for the fact that he placated and bowed down to China. I don't. Oh, uh, yeah, John China? Yeah, John China. Don't get me wrong. Now, um... Yeah, because right after he said Thai, and this is this is what's really messed up. He said Thailand was a country. That's all he technically said. The Taiwan, yeah. Taiwan, and because China <sighs> claims Taiwan, that's the reason why he yeah, had to apologize. I know, I know, I know. The Why studios, he, he, they, they made him do it. They were like, "You'll never work in this town again." Blah blah blah. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. so you uh, like money? I have money. It's basically bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's you that, wanted to be on screen and everything like that. Yeah. So. The and, the line from the from the trailer where he said. He's like nothing like a bloodbath to start the morning. You know, so now I'm like sitting going. The line itself sounded really, really cool. It's just the way that he delivered it. It was almost kind of like he was. You could see that look on his face. He's like that intentional frown, like it's a cross between Marlon Brando and Al Pacino. 
and it was almost like they were having trying in the process of conceiving a love child. He was like, "There's nothing like a bloodbath to start in the morning," you know. And I'm just sitting there going, "Okay, you're trying way too hard on that one, there, buddy." Right. And I'm talking to John Cena, not Johnny. Yeah, no. But um, <laughs> okay, so before we get back to Wrathman, real quick. You know, okay, so whenever I go on my Voodoo account, uh-huh. I will look at all of their sales. They're, you know, just kind of see just of what's out there, right? Yeah. And uh, I got The Invisible Man on sale. And that was a really good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, people Thoroughly were good. telling me how good it was and everything. But it thrillers and horror movies I really don't get into anymore. Because I see a lot of the stuff coming. True. Even, even, even with The Invisible Man... Someone was telling me, it's like, oh, they got, th- it's this, 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 this. Yeah, so, I mean, you, now the storyline itself is predictable. I mean, you, you, okay, you get it. Like, boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now, from what, from what they're saying about how they did the camera angles and everything yes, like that. Yes, the camera work is what impressed and, me. And what, and I actually watched a couple of clips on YouTube and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, see, the and camera from, work, yeah, yeah, the camera work is what made that movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Elizabeth Moss, I like her as an actress. I, I think she's a, she's, she's a gorgeous woman, and uh, she's, she's an amazing, she's even an amazing director. She's directed a couple of episodes of, of A Handmaid's Tale, which I love that show. I'm completely and hopelessly addicted to that show. So, But anyway, so getting back to what I was saying, I found one of the more kind of like quirky movies it's uh, it came out this year, called Benny Loves You. Okay. Now it was this whole genre thing that kind of popped up like a cottage industry, you know, after the Happy Town Murders came out with, um, uh, uh, the, oh God, what is her name? Freaking uh, the McCarthy lady. I forget her first name. Jenny McCarthy? Jen, no, not Jenny McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy? Melissa, yeah, yeah thank you. Um, to me, that movie had so much shock value in it, and it was just, it was hilarious, right? And I'm like sitting there going, okay, the fact that you see Muppets, and then what's oddly enough is that the, the Henson Creature Shop helped on that movie. Like, uh-huh. they, they were Muppet-quality puppets, right? I mean, you... you just the whole Muppets going into an adult show, a shop for a peep show, and <laughs> you see Muppets getting happy endings and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Are you talking about the actual uh, uh, story time martyrs or yeah. happy time martyrs? That's, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, movie. That, that, movie, that movie. That movie was great. But and you how, see those other movies that pop up afterwards, right? And they're like, kind of like, oh, look at me. We're going to emulate this. But Benny Loves You was incredibly just, it was campy. It was it was kind of like. I'm looking at this, and I'm just thinking of the whole uh, Fatal Attraction. Well, yes and no. It It is a. It looks Benny, like a very okay, so cute, Benny, kooky movie. It is, it, you, dude. It, it, if if you've got about an hour and a half to kill, just kind of sit down and take a look at it. I mean, it, it would almost even be worth renting. I bought it just because I think it was like six bucks or something like that on Voodoo. So I was like, you know what? What the hell? I went ahead and got it. But don't throw out your toys. 
Yeah, it, it, basically that's the tagline, and just that's the whole think overprotective mother meets Ted meets Chucky. Yeah, I'm really. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like Toy Story. What it's what Toy Story would be if Zack Snyder had written it and the toys broke all the rules about going inanimate. You know, so. Oh my God! I honestly want to see this. Going through the ether and everything like that, I was I, I, I was closing down everything, and before I closed down on everything, I look at it just to revisit what I was actually doing in the first place. One reason why I had this up: Nicholas Cage is doing an untitled Joe Exotic TV series. I saw that. I don't I don't know how to feel. I, well, I didn't even watch the whole uh, documentary for Joe Exotic, so. I really can't say anything good or bad. I just, I just saw the whole Joe Exotic thing because of the pandemic and everything. Yeah, that, and, and I can't. If it get, wasn't for the pandemic, that 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 right. documentary wouldn't. Tiger King made. would have never gone off, right? Um, I remember seeing something. It was on YouTube or something. I forget what it was. Somebody had figured out one of the one of the featured people on that on that miniseries his phone number, and so they went to go catfish him. And they realized that he had an iPhone because they could iMessage. And he was like, they were like FaceTime. And he was thinking, okay, he he thought he was talking to like a 19, 20-year-old girl. And he was trying to lure her. He was like, I'll pay for you to come out here. I'll pay for you to take care of my house and live with me, blah, blah, blah. And they were recording the screen. And they called him on FaceTime. And as soon as he came up, he saw that it was not a girl. In fact, it was a couple of guys and they were catfishing the shit out of him, he hung up immediately and then blocked them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it, was it the, not the, I know it could have been Joe Exotic. It was the uh, guy that's basically a cult, cat cult? No. Um, or is I think it actually was one of the, someone in town? I think it was, that person actually lives in Burke. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking creep, dude. Yeah, but yeah, somebody figured out his phone number and... Yeah, so I think he ended up changing his number. <laughs> That's one thing. As like someone asked me, it's like, hey, you know some of the people from uh, Tiger King's in town and everything. You can get them on your show. I was like, uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. That's just inviting all kinds of just. Uh, I'll it, go ahead and put a good no on that. Click right up now we're thing. trying to cultivate something that could potentially be worthwhile. And it, it could be worthwhile too, just to have him on and everything like that. But the problem is, you know I how just, like you see on TikTok or whatever, you see people that are like, "Oh, I'm doing this for the clout." You bet your sweet ass, I am. No, that would be a complete and total clout move. And I, I would like to think that we could do something a little bit more substantively. We're pieces of shit, but we're, at least we're high class pieces of shit. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, people, I people when, when we leave somebody's house, they need to wipe themselves with the four-ply. That's how high class I think, like, like, would like to think we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then they, 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 not only, they, they not only use the dude wipes to make sure they get all the crevices clean, but then they powder, you know, they use powder, and then they go on about their day. That's how high highfalutin I think we are. We're like a we fucking are. bidet. 
Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah. Yeah, bidet. Yeah. With just the right amount of water pressure, though. And heated. Okay. But we need to really By the way, they're about... Because people are starting to tune out now. Yeah. But, By um, the way, those things are like $800. Uh, and you, you can just hook them up to your toilet? Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe my oldest son's mother has one in her house. Those are her and her husband have one. And I'm like, hmm, okay, cool, I guess. I could be wrong. And then could once you mistaken. use it, once no, you use it, it's just I, I, I won't. I won't it, because... So I won't, and and it's just simply due to the fact that it's like it's like that scene from um, Rick and Morty when he's talking about uh, you know you've never experienced true level, and he goes, "All right, like fine, yeah. right, fine." So he spends all day out in the garage pouring this one little section of completely true level concrete, and then Morty stands on it, and, and it's time to go to school. And he's like, "My life is a lie." <laughs> and he, he starts to slowly, well, not slowly, he just rapidly breaks down. I and think they're doing what is it, Morty's mind blowers? Mm-hmm. Mm. That was the episode, Morty's yeah. mind blowers. Yeah. No, but, it, <laughs> but getting back to the Wrath of Man, though, I mean, I you know it, it started out really slow. In the it movie. did because the day that we went to go see it, you know, for me that movie kind of struck me kind of like a Napoleon Dynamite kind of a slow soak, right? Where you're watching the movie and you're like, you're not really sure what to think of it. You kind of need 24 hours to completely digest it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think for me, that's what it was. It was that I, I, had to, I had to have like a full day to just kind of mull it over, completely digest the movie. And, you know, looking at it in kind of like a, a retrospect, I'm like, yeah, I, I really did enjoy that movie. Yes, it's your stereotypical, very, very form-fitting Guy Ritchie movie where a lot of violence, uh, you know, the writing is pretty good. And actually, the writing really good. Well, yeah, yeah, the writing was really good, but you know, you you had you didn't have a lot of camera effects. I mean, the thing the thing I do like about Guy Ritchie is the fact that he doesn't rely on like the the speed swipes or the camera flares. You know, we're looking at you, J.J. Abrams. Um, you know, he doesn't really. You know, he doesn't even really kind of like rely on those heavy zooms, like the big fast zooms, you know, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's more or less like a classic movie. Right, it is, and it was it was really well shot. And one of the shots that I really, really liked was when uh, they get done shooting up that, that child porn place, and Jason Statham's character is sitting in the car already, and his right-hand man comes out, right? And you see that the, the, the camera is basically posted up on the passenger side door, and you you see right there on the edge of the screen, the hand come in, lift the door handle. You see the camera pull back. Guy gets in the car, door shuts, and then you see the camera reattached to the door. That shot I really liked, and it was it because to me that was almost like a. Um, it kind of had a Tarantino slash um, Scorsese kind of a feel to it, like making you really sort of privy to a gangster level type conversation. And you just saw the look of exasperation and just exhaustion on both of the characters' faces. And you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, you still see that Jason Satham's character is driven on a certain point. I mean, he's he's very fixed on a very finite, you know, destination. 
but his right hand man is just sitting there going, I am really tired of this shit. And I mean, it's exhausting. And you could tell that it's going to fuck with him later. And but it does. It per, does. Per the, uh, that one point when they're trying to rob that, uh, uh, the truck. And they're like, they, they do it precise. They get everything done. They should have, uh, it should have been, it would have an easy job for him and everything like that. And then when he just showed, then Jason Stamos's character showed who he was. He's called H in this. Yeah. H. And who he was. And they're like, they just backed away. They ran in they got in, got, they all gathered in a car and they're like, the fuck is he doing? Yeah. The, there's something wrong here. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Do we do we go back? No, they can't we don't be, go you know, back. And, and, and the characters and, and, the, and the, the the people that that worked for the armored car company that they that he was kind of embedding himself with, they they all kept referring to him after that first initial shootout, um, you know, where he took down the six guys, you know, by himself. Um, and if you haven't seen it, spoiler alerts, by the way. Yeah, we forgot to say and, that. And if you're a nerd and you're a Hoovian, spoilers. Um, do you get that reference? Please tell me you get that reference. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. River Song. Yes. Awesome. Anyway, digress. Um, so, you know, they after that initial shootout, you know, they were like, oh, dude, you're you really walk on water. You're You're a badass, right? And, you know, he's like, I'm just doing my job, you know. And my Jason Statham impression is horrible, by the way. But uh, I mean, one I'm just doing my job. Yeah, but he's got more yeah, of yeah, a, the the, the English accent, accent. Yeah, you know. But I mean, besides that, my girlfriend will attest to this. I'm a whole hell of a lot better looking than Jason Statham. I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, um, shut up. I'm. We're moving on. Okay. Yeah. I'm closing the moving, door on that. We're one. moving on. We're moving on because I'm not going to give you the opportunity. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> but, I, I was about to say something you'd probably reach over no but uh go on go on <laughs> you're like maybe i should open up no 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 no, 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 no we gotta no, close that door not doing you gotta it close it staying on point here um but uh with as the movie progressed you know you started seeing just It, the storylines start to evolve, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, this, I see where this is going. But then he still manages to throw that kind of like that, that M. Night Shyamalan-esque type wrinkle at the, you know, into it at the end. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's kid. Yeah. Usually see him playing a good guy. It's really kind of refreshing to see him kind of branch out and play a villain in the movie. Um yeah, he was just on Joe Rogan like yesterday. Yeah, and you know, and I I really do like Scott Eastwood. I mean, I, I think that I mean, and he's he looks remarkably like his dad. You can definitely tell that the genes were passed down there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's absolutely no contesting his paternity. But um, uh, you know, it it uh, I mean, because Scott Eastwood, I mean, one of my favorite movies that he was in was The Outpost. That's what I was I was I was trying to figure out what the name of that movie was. I had to look it up, but yeah, really, 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 really good. good movie. Um, it was a well done movie. Now, if you talk to the people who know about what actually happened there, 
uh, and the people that were there, I mean, they will tell you that the movie's full of inaccuracies. Well, no shit. Not to take away the things that you guys have done or what what those what those guys went through, especially the guys that survived and made it out on the well, other side. Well, they're making another one. They're using, uh, uh, what's his name? Damn it. The mental, the, not the bald one, but the uh, uh, Scott Eastwood's character. God, I can't remember his name. And I know. What is it? Clint Roche. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, Clint, what are they? Clint Romache is doing one just off of his book. Yeah, okay. They, and is he going to have Scott Eastwood portraying him again? That would be kind of cool. No. Uh, I mean, really, that quick. would be cool. No, I don't think so. Because Clint had, like, a little bit of problems with the movie and everything, how they didn't... It, it was... It, it, you would have to. Talk well, to him I mean, about if, it. If, it was, he wasn't upset, upset, but he, uh, but in the uh, same instance, he was, he was like, oh, "We're doing this movie too. Why are you?" And they just, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, we have a bigger money, so we're gonna chunk one out really quick, type deal. So his, his, so somewhat. Eastwood's. So you're saying Eastwood's problem with it was the fact that it was just done. No, Roche. Like, Roche was done. Oh, so Roche. So is he like is he mad at Eastwood about it? No. Okay. Well, see, and that that's my point. Is, he he was he was. I like, think yeah, Eastwood's was portrayal. I think Eastwood's portrayal of his I mean, of him was was actually really good. Both uh, of them. Both of them were talking about it on a Free American podcast. Yeah, they, they so, were sitting sitting next to each other right. like that, and they were going. Uh, uh, Robichaud was like, "Yeah, I didn't like this, this, and this, but still, it's a, it was a good movie. I watched it." Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie in the sense that it was a movie, um, but as far as like. Being true to the events uh, of of the timeline, yeah, because the lieutenant didn't die. He did like that for like for uh, God, I had it in my head, uh, but he didn't die uh, that early. He actually died a little bit later. Yeah, and it the captain, really... the captain didn't die alone in that truck. You know, yeah. I mean, there was somebody else in the cab with him, but um, you know, and that was probably one of the more accurate army things that I had ever seen in a movie is when he walked into the talk, into the talk tent and he's tapping the rank on his sleeve. He's like, hello, is this thing on? I've never had you know? to see that. So, you know, he, he, he walks in and everybody, you know, usually everybody quiets down or they, you know, say attention, you know, whatever, just to kind of acknowledge the fact that an officer walked in. And when Orlando Bloom, who was portraying the captain walks in, nobody did that. So he reaches over on his sleeve and he taps his captain bars. He's like, hello, are these on? Do these work? And everybody's like, all right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I was just like, he goes, all right, thank you. So I'm just sitting there going, that is the most army thing I have ever seen in the movies. And that was just. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's it just was called, amazing. Yeah, Clint Robichet's movie is going to be uh, Red Platoon. It's the same title as his book. Yeah. You know, but yeah. It, but it, my, it, my, the point that I was trying to make was that I think it would be cool if Ishwood portrayed him again you know but he did a good job i mean yeah and that's all that Scott I was eastwood, to go with it. Yeah. eastwood is actually a really really good actor and it's not because uh he grew up doing this he, it was basically his dad's like work on it yeah he's like do what you want you know but but uh i still like okay there's two things one coming off of the joe rogan interview that i didn't know about clean eastwood but another thing about Scott Eastwood and his father was the fact that Scott Eastwood's 
car like broke down or something like that. He called his dad. It's like, hey, dad, my car's broke down. And he's like, fix it. What do you want me to do? <laughs> fix it. <laughs> I'm over here. What are, you, what are you calling me for about this? Fix it. And he's like, okay. And he ended up fixing the car. The other thing is uh, Clint Eastwood ended up uh, not going to the Korean War only because he was in a plane crash and he had to swim, uh, swim two miles in the San Francisco Bay to get back home. That's the reason yeah, um, why he didn't go to Korean War. Funny thing is, okay, so remember we had been, you know, I introduced you to the Mike Rowe podcast the way I heard it, right? Yeah. One of his earlier episodes, he was talking about that plane crash. The pilot that flew that plane? Sullenberger. Really? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Yeah. So go back and listen to the – go back to the very, very first episode and just go through those and just listen to them because the format on that on that podcast changed from being like a 15 to 20-minute podcast because his tagline was is that the short podcast for the, for, the, for the short attention span. You know, but then after a while, he would do his – the way I heard it, he would read the chapter. You know, he would read his, his story, but then he would be – now we're going to talk about the way that I heard it. And he would talk, him and his producer would go on for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half after that and talk about the history behind the story. Yeah, well, that's what we ended up doing with this. Yeah. It just started like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then we have evolved to like uh, two to three hours to four hours on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We're just not going to do another four-hour interview where we have to break it up into three episodes. As long as I don't talk about, uh, ask you about your life, we should be good. Yeah, because my life is kind of a train wreck. Um, I don't know. We could we could have a, a battle out. Who has well, let me let me rephrase that. My wreck. life is not necessarily a train wreck. It is more like a. Uh, it has a lot of fuck up pit stops. Mine, on the other hand, is how did you survive that type of deal. That's the, that's the difference. That's what a lot of people don't understand when they're actually, you know, it's like, oh, my life My is life horrible. is like trying to get home during rush hour traffic with a lot of traffic stops in between. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but uh, Like I said, a little bit of pit stops. A little bit Mine, of Mine, on the other hand, everybody's watching it and going, holy crap, did we just, are they all going to live? <laughs> You'll hear Merle Haggard in the background going, those Duke boys are at it again. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, it's nothing, and it's nothing like, you know, You know, we, we laugh on it and everything like that, but God, yeah. there's certain points in my life that I've, I've actually, when I told people it, they, they, they like gave me hugs. They were like, they were just making sure that I was all right. I was like, dude, it happened a long time ago. You know, on the off chance that anybody who was involved with the filming, production, post-production, or the pre-production of Wrath of Man, to include the cast, the, the, the director himself, producers, whatever, if they happen to come across this podcast and they're like, oh, they're going to talk about the Wrath of Man, it's going to take us an hour and a half... <laughs> To get back to and from, and they're gonna be, and they're gonna send us a message, or they will fly the fuck out here, and they'll be like, "No, we are reshooting that episode, and I'm gonna sit right there in that chair off camera with a fucking just, shotgun, and I'm gonna make be, sure you guys stay on task." You'd be surprised as many episodes of I've 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 listened to myself on podcasts. Everyone would do it, and the reason why I know that we're still 
all right with it no matter what because there's some of i i listened to uh one about john lennon it was mm-hmm. a two-parter right and it took them probably about two to three hours to get to the point where they're talking about john lennon right so and it's actually a really good show yeah and I, I listened to it and everything like that. Yeah, it's actually a good, really good show. But, but one, um, one of the things that stuck out for me uh, during The Wrath of Man was Andy Garcia's character, the FBI agent, right? Yeah. And he basically gives Jason Statham H free reign. Yeah. And I love how at the end of the movie he just kind of nonchalantly pops up, off you know, you know, from out of frame, and then goes, "Are we done? Yeah, we're done." And he walks away, and I'm like. And he just calmly gets into the elevator, closes it up, and goes up to where the crime scene's going to be. And I'm like, that dude is as cool as the other side of the pillow. Yeah. Rest in peace, you know, Scott Stewart, but or Stewart Scott. But, you know, it's, 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 Stewart, Stewart Scott is, uh, he, yeah. okay, here we go. Pausing, off track, sports center. He was a, uh, he was a, a personality for ESPN Sports Center. Died of cancer a few years ago. He coined the phrase, cool is the other side of the pillow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got his book where he survived, you know, where he talks talks about his his, his, his cancer journey. And, and dude, it's, 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 it's really inspiring. And, and he was honestly was one of the reasons why I really stocked, you know, kept watching ESPN. But that's something that we can talk about that during, like, one of our future sports episodes because um, – you know, we, we can really, I mean, that, that's, that's a subject that we can really get into. And I'll dig that book out so you can take a look at it because it's a really inspiring book. I still can't wait for this one, The Man in the Arena. Oh, um, one of the, what is it? I, I've got it coming here. It's, um... And it, it, I've been showing this off. Uh, it's, this is uh, uh, Naval Chief... Uh, retired uh, Eddie Gallagher, uh, mm-hmm. and it's about his time from fighting ISIS to fighting for my freedom. The man in the arena. Okay, so in contact with his uh, publicist, if you will. So, the, so uh, Chris Pronto, uh, everybody yeah. called him Tonto. Thirteen hours. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Great he, guy. He, yeah, he's got three books out. He's got the Thirteen Hours. He's got uh, the Ranger Way, and he's got um, another one. Um, and he finally like picked the up. Creed, right? He finally picked up Hillary Clinton's biography, so he can figure out what happened in thirteen hours. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got it. I, I, cool thing is that um, if you go to his website, yeah, he's got his books for sale, but he also has he has he does he offers autographed copies of his hard copy you know, of his hardcover editions, right? Yeah, and he'll personalize. The autographs for no additional charge. So I've got the Ranger Way coming where, you know, he's making the autograph out to me. So, I mean, I'm dude, that's going to be cool for me. Yeah, it's not as cool as physically meeting the guy and having him sign it and do everything like that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm still, you know, he's it's going to be a personalized autograph. And, he, you know, it's, it's going to, yeah. But I've got that book coming, so I'm looking forward to reading that book. Um I mean, he. If you you could even buy the copy of the movie, the the Blu-ray edition, and he'll, well, he'll like, autograph uh, that. But that's like uh, Jason Scott Lee, uh, Jason Lee Scott. Yeah, mess that up. The original Red uh, Power Ranger. Yeah, 
he he eventually made a his only a website and everything like that yeah. to where you can buy you basically buy the pops he autographs it there we go yeah. twenty bucks whatever wherever the price is and you know everything you shouldn't like have told me that damn it anyways um now the original Pink Ranger. Amy Jo Johnson, if she had something like that set up, yeah, totally. No, he that. does it. He does it for all of them. Really? Yes. Oh. His whole website is because he got pissed off at people trying to like upsell the stuff yeah. for like three hundred. Yeah, I do. I remember reading that now. Yeah, but I, he has a YouTube channel that does it. Yeah. So you know, but overall, you know, having now been what is it now seventy two hours removed since we've seen that movie. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm actually kind of a fan of it, and I was... I, I Guy Ritchie movies, except for, like, kind of like Aladdin. Yeah. That was the only Guy Ritchie movie I'm kind of, like, in par with, where I looked at it, and I was like, he needed money. I mean, every once in a while, you got to hit that street corner. Right, exactly. But, but uh, it, it, all of his movies, though, mm-hmm. I, I you can't say anything bad about it. Right. You can't, and... Especially if it's made from his ideology and his, I mean, you look at Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, uh, the two movies there was really great. The yeah. King Arthur, I loved. I loved that take on King yeah. Arthur. Uh, you talk about the one with that um, the dude the guy from, from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Which yeah. is funny, is because when he he did the part, he had to re go back to where he lived and everything. And soak in how they were talking and everything yeah, because yeah. he totally forgot how to talk that way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's I mean, not Aaron, yeah, his, Eric, his, he's an American accent. Yeah, he he dropped his he dropped his dialect and he dropped his accent for the Sons of Anarchy show and he had to go back and pick that up. And and I'm the same way. It's like okay, like when I used to when I was in the army and I lived in uh, Tennessee, they speak just a little bit differently out there, and it's it's a little slower. Not saying that they're slow. I'm just saying that the accent's a little bit slower, and they they just just some of the mannerisms of the dialect that's out there is just a little different, right? But then yeah. I come back out here, you know, Texans we speak a little bit faster, you know, and we enunciate things a little bit better, you know. But yeah. for the most part, depending on what part, part of Texas that you live in, right? The, yeah, you know, I know if you go to like East Texas, I'm talking about places like Paris or Mars. Uh, yeah, there's a Mars, Texas. You didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, so you know we're like places like Pittsburgh or or you know Paris, you know places out east. Whoa, that's yeah. That's that's different, but it's funny because I've got cousins that still live in like England, Ireland, Scotland. And I'll talk to them through, like, Facebook Messenger or whatever. And give me, like, three, four, or five minutes on the phone with them. And I'm talking to them just like this. I do the same damn thing. When I was and, in, I didn't mean, and, and I didn't mean to do it. I, I did that, and I it's did like that like when I, I was in I, I can't that I'm doing it. Yeah. But well, what blows my mind is the fact that it takes me forever to, to transition back. And it just feels so natural. And, and the funny thing of it is, is that... I haven't spent any kind of discernible time back in the country at all. And I'm starting to believe that it's somewhat genetic. No, I have the I have that same thing, same thing, <laughs> which is really sad, 
is a pickup accent's way too easy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost one like of a it, chameleon type thing. Exactly. Yeah. I go in, and when I was in England, oh god, my dad almost beat the crap out of me when I got back from England. Boy, because you start talking to him like, hey, eh? say, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. And I ended up talking to this Welsh chick, uh, and I was like, hey, are you? Are you from Yonce? He's like, bloody well, right? Close to it. And I was like, oh, dear God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I, it, and I had to mentally put a break on that part of my brain, and I ended up doing it. She's like, I was like, blah, 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 blah. And I end up talking like that. She's like, you're one of those, aren't you, that have to take the language of my people. I'm like, no, uh, I just yeah. don't mean it. Yeah, we... we, we. <laughs> Cultural a lot appropriation. Of, a lot, <laughs> what's really sad is, is a lot of people get it, uh, think that I, I, I lived in Pittsburgh or something like that. I was like, I've never lived in Pittsburgh. I've never been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no. But, uh, you know, actually, you know what? I think we're still making pretty good time. We were probably right at close to an hour here, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, now that, that, that people are starting to come back into the theaters and... and we're not we were all no, by ourselves with that one, though. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah, literally, love, we were. The, we were the only one. Yeah, and it, and it was funny because we had the opportunity to converse during the movie about the movie, and yeah. we could make those unseenly comments about the previews that we were watching. Yeah, you know, and and we could make. I, I was able to make that comment out loud about. Well, yeah, like we're sorry that we fucked little kids. You know, it was like it was like that. Uh, the Conjuring movie, I had to have my ears plugged because I can't do like horror trailers anymore. Oh, because they have that the... screeching freaking sound. Oh, no, no, each no. you're talking time. about the Nighthouse. Yes, the, yes. Now yes. that movie trailer, uh, you know, I think that one's more of a mirror universe type deal. I think we could it... probably do without that movie. I mean, honestly, um, because it's going to be a movie that is going to rely for me. I think that one's just a whole us re- in reverse or some shit like that. No, I'm, I'm, what I'm, the, the angle that I'm going for here is that that movie is going to heavily rely on the jump scare. The jump scare, and you're yeah. going to have that, that violin, you know, that, that just that screeching kind of a soundtrack. And to me... I would have to do it. Twitter. If, you, if you're going to do a true horror movie or a true thriller or true suspense style movie. You have to have a cat jumping out at one point in time. Do do your best to pay homage to Wes Craven for crying out loud. Yeah. Do a good movie. Don't rely on camera tricks and soundtrack to make your movie. Well, that's their that that's literally how they actually uh, do the movies. Is I want, and this is back in when when did the the Hellraiser when they were in space? Uh, I, it was like in like late nineties. Yeah, see, for me, just like with the whole Jason thing, the second that you take a terrestrial storyline and you have to inject it in space, come on. Well. They had a documentary before it came out on Fox, uh, before it actually came out and everything, and it showed how they actually made the movies and everything. They got they got it where it was camera angles, all kinds of stuff and everything like that. And I could make a horror movie just off of that. Right. And 
it ruined the horror genre because every time I was like, okay, okay. It was like when Saw first came out, everybody's like, you'll never, I was like, listen, there's a reason why I don't watch horror movies anymore. Yeah, see, the, the... I don't, I don't like, like, my brain works in a capacity to where it figures stuff out first and it just ruins stuff for me. Right. And that's Yeah, see, happened. for me, the, the first Saw movie, Saw, the original Saw, that was the only one of the entire franchise that I physically went to go see or even cared to watch. I didn't watch the sequels. I did, none of them. I, I, I just, to me, it the it's like Fast and the Furious. Every time there's a new addition, a new iteration, it just waters it down. And it's to the point where it's just so diluted that it's almost like ghetto Kool-Aid. Yeah. You know? But... It's just... After you know, they the take first... half the packet, throw it in with, you know, four cups of water, and they're like, okay, we're going to make this stretch. And then you put ice in it, and it keeps getting thinner and thinner. Well, what it ended up happening is uh, you ended up having a lot of gore movies that try to overtop themselves from the last one. Yeah. You know, and... it, it, but that's the thing. You know, the the first Saw movie, legitimately, I was like, yeah, okay, that was kind of a cool movie. I saw The Ring in the theater, and I'm telling you, I didn't think I was going to die in seven days. I just thought that I was going to become perpetually, you know, just dumber. That one where they had the... Well, wait wait a minute. The Ring one was about the video. Right, with the video and the girl crawling out of the screen. Everybody's all jumping out of their seats, and that girl crawls out of the TV, and I'm like, yawn? Dude, I, I was so pissed because I had taken a girl to go see that movie, and I walked out of the theater, dude, in a bad fucking mood because I was like, I just wasted fourteen, fifteen dollars. That's why after afterwards you have hate sex. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, in, I mean, not not even in because the movie was just that horrible for me, and everybody's like, oh my well, god, the ring was so scary. Well, that's just because you have a really really poor taste in, 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 in movies. Well, and, and you can really, come at me all day with that, you know, with, with some kind of rebuttal on that, but it's like, I'm going to stand by that conviction with, with a vengeance because. Well, in that time frame, all they really did back then at that time frame mm-hmm. is they just took a lot of Jap- uh, Japanese movies that was popular in Japanese and made it Americanized. It. Yeah. Well, the Americanized version of the grudge with Sarah Michelle Geller, that one I enjoyed. Because that one they actually did a decent job of. I mean, that was a that was a true adaptation, and and then everything that came out after that, it was just kind of like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? It's like, mm. you know, because for, for for me, when you when you do a movie and it does really well, it doesn't necessarily mean okay, let's green light a sequel, because sometimes the story just needs to end right there. Yeah. And just leave it as a cliffhanger because at that point, you know. But people get so upset when you do uh, cliffhangers like that. Let I was be. Like, I was like. Let them be. Because at that point, you know what they're doing? They're still talking. They're still talking about that movie. Yeah. It, whereas you start doing sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel for the purposes of making sequels because you think you're keeping your fan base happy. No. As much as I disagree with the fact that 21st Century Fox and Fox, or, you know, the uh, uh, Fox uh, Broadcast Company canceled Firefly after 14 episodes, one season, and they canceled it, right? And they left it hanging there. Had they continued that story, yes, I think that they could have done an amazing job with it, especially if they'd have kept Josh Whedon at the helm, right? You and I are agreeing on that, right? 
Uh, like, you know, the whole Mal and, and, and Inara, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So that whole dynamic thing, and, and, and I really hate the fact that they killed Wash and Serenity, but... The well, fact, the whole <laughs> yeah, I know when when they go to a comic con or whatever, and somebody asks Josh Whedon if you could do it all over again, he would like, well, you know, no. Wash would Wash, it's you know, really, Wash would be alive. It's really sad is the reason why they killed those two characters off. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that I thought I said that like you know last episode. I, episode. I think we did. I think we did go over it. But the point that I'm trying to make is that. The, you know, you've got Whoville, you've got Whovians for you know, Doctor Who. You got Trekkies or Trekkers for Star Trek. You've got whatever you know, yeah, Star Wars, fans. whatever Star Wars fans are going to be called fanboys. Yeah, fans. Whatever. Which that was a good movie. But you know, for Firefly and the Serenity universe, it's we're the brown coats, yeah. right? So you've got the brown coats. I mean, you you've got all these like societies kind of popping up all over Facebook about brown coats unite. You know, and it's like. Somebody took the time. Or the five are first from Star Wars. Yeah, the five are first from Star Wars, but it's like okay, somebody took the time. Somebody took the time and the effort to figure out when Unification Day would fall on the actual calendar, right? That's a lot of dedication. That is a lot of dedication. Yeah, you know, and so they set it up. I, I saw the Facebook page somewhere. I don't know if it still exists or not, but they had on on Unification Day, they. They do this whole. People can you know they'll they'll have like a, a running big long running post or they'll have people post pictures from their binge watch parties from Unification Day. They'll either watch Serenity or they'll watch the entirety of the uh, of, of the series. Don't they have like a brown coat or something like that bar? Uh, they might. I'm not sure, but um, you know it it. Uh, You know, it, to me, I'm like, okay, they they stopped it there, and it gave fans reason to keep going back and celebrate the original. Okay. Do I do I agree with uh, with some of the things that they did in Serenity? No, I think because it kind of it prevented them from coming back and actually re you know, uh, reopening that can and, and continuing the storyline in the way that we would have wanted. But... Yeah, it was Maidenhead. Like, apparently it's closed down or something like that. But, uh... It... it, it when you when you start doing these, these really ill-advised sequels like Saws and even to an extent some of the grudges, the grudge films, right? Or especially The Conjuring, Fast and the Furious... Nowadays, it's more of a hit, hit and miss, really. We can get into the whole argument about how Hollywood is running out of ideas and all they're doing is just reboots, right? You know, and no, there film is Film historians are going to look back and they're going to be like, okay, this is the Dark Ages. Yes, CGI and special effects, they progressed here and that's great. And it, and it really used, this was our springboard for what we're enjoying in the cinemas now. But as far as like original IPs, yeah, you know it, it, it. You know what is it? it? They're coming out with a new Father of the Bride movie where they're setting it in a in a Latin, you know, setting. Like it's it's Jennifer Lopez or no, not Jennifer Lopez. It's um, um, Miami Sound Sound Machine lady. I forget her name. Gloria Stefan. She's going to be the mother 
and Andy Garcia is going to be the father of the bride. And 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 there it's going to be set in like the Cuban community. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a cool little take on it, but you're still rehashing an idea. Where you think that it's like, all right, we're going to put just enough of a change into this where we can call this a new IP, and it's really not. But not to disparage from the community or the or the Latino or you know the Hispanic communities at all. Don't take it that way. But I, I think that Hollywood, just as a whole, is. There is a producer on one of the shows, and he said the only new idea I've ever seen. How how much for time we got? We got okay. We're at we're at the closing point anyway. Yeah, so go ahead. But he he literally said the only good idea of uh, the only uh, new idea I've ever seen was in a porno where the two people after they killed a bear were having sex on top of it. That is the only original idea he's ever seen. He's basically seen everything. I was like, that what? That that is a unique take, right? That there. was that was the weirdest take and everything like that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was like, I was you, like, you want to know? I, just, I well, he's I'm not curious, wrong. right? But I'm curious as to know how much of that is an actual genuine take, or how much of that take is just out there for shock value. It's more or less shock value. They, like, like I said on. Uh, uh, some of the books and everything like they they're coming out with now mm-hmm. is it, it's a whole group of shock books to where they just come up with the the writers come up with like the far far out in the field storyline right like uh Santa Claus and the tooth fairy mm-hmm. and it's more or less like uh taming uh sleeping beauty I, I, I don't I, I don't even remember what the book is called or anything like that, but I, I won't repeat it because it's that far off. Because I, someone did a review on YouTube about it, and I was like, well, "What's this review? Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy?" And I, and I and he goes in, and he's like, "The only reason why this book was made because there's a group of people that actually like like uh, shock books." like that they go over the top on everything and it's really i mean there's military dark humor and there's some people that should be in prison dark humor <laughs> right yeah and uh that's that's what goes on that one but was there any other movies that are coming out that uh oh, we really didn't talk uh that much about the snake eyes origins well, okay, so we're going to wrap it up on that, but as far as the origin of Snake Eyes... He talked, and I was kind of blown off on that one. Well, I think that, and this is just me calling my shot here, but this is my take on how the movie is going to progress. He's going to find himself becoming more and more incorporated into this world of the ninja and either he is going to sustain an injury where his tongue is cut out or he's going to take an oath of silence. Yeah, pretty much. And that the only way that he can obtain the rank of whatever ninja rank gets to wear that uniform with the mask and everything yeah, is that either you have your tongue cut out, kind of like with the Assassin's Creed where they have part of their finger cut off. I thought it was a pinky. Pinky, finger, whatever. It doesn't matter. They have something cut off. If they do that, or he has to take a vow of silence, kind of like Tibetan monks or whatever, right? 
But I, I think that that movie is going to rely heavily, heavily on wire fighting, CGI, and not only camera zooms, but camera flares, lens flares. Or placement of the camera to where you're just looking at the feet. Like, I, I rewatched uh, The One with Jet Li. Yeah, well, here's one of the camera angles that I predict is going to be in this movie, right? You're going to see him take a big swipe with his katana, right? And the camera's going to zoom in to the spine of the blade, and it's going to run down the length of the blade, and the camera's going to turn, and it's going to face him as the tip of the, you know, like he's chopping somebody's head off, whatever kind of thing. And you're going to see from the point of the view, the point of view from the tip of the blade as it's passing through somebody's neck, and you're going to see the back of this person's, you know, the back of their neck. And then it's going to come out the other side. And then you'll if see, I see the head that. Fall I'll give that you way. a dollar. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, that would be kind of a cool and kind of creative. Well, it's, it's for kids, so I really don't think it's going to actually. <sighs> yeah. Well, this is true. Well, uh, yeah, because it's not going to be rated R. It's going to be what, PG 13? Yeah. And after they might all, be it, able it to is do it, it once. It, that's probably about it. Well, like, yeah, because you know the rules. It's like you can, in, you can inject the word fuck once into a PG 13 movie before you get an R rating. And I always love that meme. It's like if, you know, if. With it's not the, a meme. It's the first part of uh, uh, "Be Cool." No, no, no. Well, well, no. I'm talking about the meme itself. It's like if you could inject the word "fuck" into any PG-13, you know, movie, where would it be? And then somebody shows the chamber of the younglings, and then Anakin, <laughs> yes. Anakin ignites his lightsaber, yes. and that youngling just looks up and goes, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. To me, I'm like. Fun. That is that is perfect. That yeah, is exactly that was, where I would put it. That was that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And then you see that meme where it's got uh, Christian Hadson and, and the guy that plays uh, Palpatine visiting uh, children's hospitals. Yeah. And everybody kind of goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the need to more intensify. Like, oh, then oh. Oh yeah, like. Oh. That's gonna end badly. <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> Execute order sixty six, you know, and I'm like, oh Lord, no. Should 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 we be watching this? No? Right, oh. you know. But <sighs> that's gonna be a nerd argument for another day, another yeah. nerd discussion. Cause I'm talking about order sixty six. Anakin was being escorted everywhere by clone troopers, right? Yeah. And supposedly every clone trooper had those control chips planted and planted in their heads, right, whenever they were cloned. And as soon as the, the, the Emperor gave the, the order to execute Order 66, every Jedi was supposedly supposed to be turned on by their clones and executed, right? So was Mace Windu correct when he kept reminding Anakin that he will never be granted the rank of master because they didn't view him as a real Jedi. So stew on that for a little bit. I'm Johnny Skelton. That, I'm David Dickerman. And uh, that's what the hell for this week. Yeah. Y'all take it easy and stay classy, San Diego. <laughs>